Hi, and welcome from Podimo and 2020. This is First Dates, the podcast. I'm Frankie Bridge. And I'm Cece Coleman. You've finished the drinks and settled the bill. You and your date have said your goodbyes and you're immediately on the phone with your best friend. Tried to run away from a guy after a date that I didn't want to repeat, aka old school ghosting technique. But didn't realize he was a sprint runner. <laughs> I've done that before. I've run away and the guy's caught me. Like You ran? Then, you literally ran? I ran, away. ran from what though? I was just on a date and just didn't want to be there anymore. In this podcast, we're letting you in on the post-date debrief. We'll be bringing you the most amazing, bizarre and heartwarming date stories. Cece and I haven't met our daters before and we'll be hearing the gossip for the first time with you. Okay, so this one is all about like dating through the ages. Mm -hmm. And I wondered whether you find dating differently now to how you did when you were younger. I definitely do because I feel like I go on adult dates now, whereas before I was going on dates where it was it was just awkward it wasn't structured it wasn't like it wasn't a conversation it was just like we're here because we should be here but none of us really know what to do but now I've kind of like like in your 20s or like when you're a teen um I think in my teens it was weird I was sort of dating in my teens and in my early 20s I was in a really long-term relationship so I sort of forgot about what dating was then the next stage was like meeting people on the street like literally in the street and then I was like oh there's apps and then that's when I had to kind of like learn a little bit about dating etiquette. And I guess I also learned about what I don't want through all of my ex-boyfriends. So then I was bringing a bit more of myself to the table and a bit more awareness. So rather than just saying, he'll do, it was yeah. like, okay, let me just work out if he's got if he's got something about him. Is he is he interesting? What are his morals? What are his values? Whereas I didn't even know what morals and values meant. Up until about a year ago. So. <laughs> well done, Cece. And here I am, still single. So, yeah, I think it definitely has changed. Yeah. I guess for you, you've been in a very long-term relationship. I have, yeah. Very yeah. Long. But I suppose I went from like, yeah, like I suppose I was young when me and Wayne dated, I was only like 21, 22. I can't imagine being on the apps. That's, I think, something I've learnt through the podcast, how like rare it is now to meet someone just like off the cuff, out and about. So I think that would be a big shock for me. And it's sad that it's rare because you'd hope it'd be the other way around. You know, you'd hope that when someone says, oh, I'm, I, I thought they were there as backup. Out. Yeah, I'd quite like that to be the case. But I feel like beating someone out, especially in your 30s, because you go out less. In your 20s, you're out all the time. So you see someone on a dance floor and you're like, yo. Whereas in your 30s, you're like, it's just different. You're not dancing in that way anymore. And you're you're having wine with your friends. So it's harder for a guy to approach because he's like, oh, she's like having a, a you know, she's in something with their friendship and you're more yeah. involved with your friends rather than like, oh, I just need to find a boy. Yeah. I think we should discuss this with our yeah. <laughs> with our guest anyway. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good, thank you. <laughs> I've got a lot to say about all this stuff. I know, oh, yeah, I can see you over there nodding along. I'm like nervous to talk. I'm like, what's she going to So this is Gilly and you're a comedian mm. and your whole kind of show is about dating through yeah, the Yeah, the ages. show that I do here in London every Sunday is called True Dating Stories. So that's what we hear. We hear true dating stories every nice. night. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of them. And I've done the show all over the world. So I hear the dating stories from literally every city in the world, every uh -huh. continent. Is yeah. there a common theme with that then? Or do you feel like the dating scene in, say, London compared to somewhere else that you've been is different? It's Almost the same, exactly the same in every place in the world. In fact, I start the show, I always ask, what's dating like in London, Oslo, Sydney? And the response is always identical, which is this. It's like this weird, sad hum of <laughs> despair. 
Yay! Yeah, yeah, I know. What's dating oh. like in London? It's like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. So I always tell people if you're thinking of moving to date somewhere else, don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to go somewhere where the people are very good looking, and that I have to tell you, um, that accolade goes to Montreal. Really? Really? You want to see good looking men? Okay. Montreal. I am gonna book myself a flight. Off you go. Yeah, I've never been there. <laughs> Nor have I. What? What? What's the deal? Well, I can't explain Why are they so it. Sexy? it I just noticed my head turning more often than it usually does. Really? You know? yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I had to see a physiotherapist when I got back from Montreal. Yeah. I'll be like, what? Cece, where are you going on holiday? Montreal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on your own? Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I just think if, if dating is going to be terrible, you might as well have something nice to look at, you know? A hundred percent. True. Yeah. But I reckon you're going to have a strong opinion on this. So we always ask two questions at the beginning of the podcast. And one of them is, what icks do you have? Do you have any specific icks when it comes to dating? You know, it used to be when I was very young, it used to be a lot of stupid stuff. And now it's also stupid stuff. <laughs> I mean, they are uh, though, aren't one they? One of my ex used to be, I remember um, when a, in, where I'm from, Johannesburg, we drive a lot. One of them used to be if a guy couldn't drive properly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uncoordinated. Yeah. 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 It's not attractive. It's <laughs> a little bit like, you know, an uncoordinated dancer. You're like, oh, because yes. you associate it with sex, to be I guess so. Honest. There's some kind of mechanical stuff going on. Maybe driving the car and sex. Yeah, but, but being good with your hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like someone just that owns the road yes. and is just confident in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, actually. Mm, I like something that. Something like that. Later, um, I remember the thing that bothered me about my boyfriend is that I had a boyfriend who, who couldn't feed himself. You know, like, they're always hungry. Can't figure out how to make get a meal going or figure out the figure just figure out how to be, eat. I thought that was so. What do so, you mean? Be a grown human well, man and like, not be able to like feed yourself. I know it sounds so strange when I say it out now, but I've just come across a lot of men like this. What, like you would need to cook him a meal? Not necessarily cook him a meal, but he, they, they're always so lost for their next meal. Like <laughs> they're still like in the wild. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like, I'm like, what am I going to have for lunch? Is it, is it like decision, like indecisive? No, that- it's like always arriving somewhere hungry and then moody and then they can't uh. figure out. Okay. That's what I, I've just seen. I've seen a lot of that. I think I sort of get what you're yeah. saying. Wayne's at home listening, going, "That is exactly what Frank's like." <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not going to have that one on there. We're not. <laughs> okay, fair. And what yeah. about a green flag? Have you got things that you think are like a green flag? A green yeah. flag, yeah. Green flag for me, I will just say it's very personal. But I, I noticed in what I do, I'm a comedian. I perform. And I noticed that the way that men respond to that this job is very interesting. So a green flag for me is if I come on st- off stage and the guy is like, wow, that was amazing. As opposed to a guy who plays it cool when I come off stage. Mm. Yeah. Because, and I'm talking about if I've done well. If I've done yeah. badly, that's a different story. But I just noticed that it was a simple thing of if I would come off stage and somebody plays it cool, it just gives me the impression it's it's specific to comedy because a lot of men think they're very funny, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they you know it's the, it's this idea that like no I could have I could have done that yeah you know? so the ego gets in the yeah. way also just trying to keep you down so, so I think that the, you know that thing is specific to comedy but it's not necessarily specific just to me in the sense that you you're looking for support mm-hmm. and encouragement and to be championed and all of those things and 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 just particularly in what I do it became very 
easy to identify who was supportive and who was not. It's, I guess it's almost like mm. someone not laughing at your jokes on purpose because they're like, precisely. It's funny, but I'm not going to fucking. Laugh <laughs> I'm at not going to give her one. Not going to give her that. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I knew that one. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's probably a person who wouldn't know how to celebrate your success. You know. No. Yeah. yeah you win an award, and they're like, "What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> do I? Cool. Just, yeah. Excellent. No, you want somebody <laughs> who's going to carry your awards and be like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> remember Pick when you, you won up. this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. How would you say that you're like? perspective on dating then has changed over time because we were talking about how differently we've felt over mm. the years do you feel like that's something you've really noticed yeah I mean now I don't, I don't really date anymore I just don't I you know what I you know what the thing is about that I realized about the apps is um you were talking about the apps earlier and I know that it at first when like we first discovered app dating especially in South Africa you know you talk about how you're older now, so you do different things. You're not out and about as much in the way that you were. Mm. But in South Africa, we are never out and about necessarily because it's not so safe. Right. So you're always in your house or your car or to a place that you've planned to go. Yeah. So there's very little chance for, for like a chance encounter with someone, mm-hmm. you know, right. and very little possibility for people to infiltrate your circle. Yeah. And so we always thought, oh, the apps are incredible because now you get to meet people that you wouldn't have met before. Oh, but right. over yeah, time, yeah. I think like, what I've noticed about the apps is they're kind of like a casino. You go in there, you become very mesmerized by the playing of the game. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I don't think they do such a good job of matching you. And I think they're not trying to. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, they're trying to keep you on the app yeah, like a casino. And you know what it's like with the casino, that the house always wins. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that's what I think. I think we keep coming back to the apps. They, they give you these matches that are close, but not quite. And so you keep going back to the apps. And then every now and again, you'll hear somebody who found their husband on mm. Bumble and you'll be like, oh, and then you'll go back and re-upload yeah. the apps, you know? I guess it's also, you know, you go on and initially the membership is free. Mm. And then you see a certain amount or certain caliber of men and then they've got this sort of like, so there's like a blurred face section where you can look down and it was like, if you upgrade to premium, you can see all these yes. blurred faces. So weird. And they have like a six pack and then a blur of a guy and you're like... <laughs> Oh, fucking upgrade me. <laughs> and then you're like, upgrade, and you're like, oh, fuck, it's Derek. You're like, shit. And it's it's never what you expect. And then you get like one sexy person and then 10, well, no, 50, um, not so great. Yeah. And so then you're playing again and then you can upgrade again. And then what you can do is select like height. So it's like, I get, I've never seen it as like a gambling Keeping thing. Yes. So bang on. Like, yes. It really is because I go through phases of feeling like I need to calm down to then just like leaving it alone. I'm not addicted. Yeah. I my caffeine instead. And then I'm like, back it's to tricky it again. because you, you're hopeful, right? And you mm. want to, you want to like have some agency in your future and what you're choosing and who you're meeting. But it, it, for me, I, the apps felt very, in fact, what it felt, what the problem, biggest problem for me was the apps felt like I was meeting such boring people. The dates were super boring. And then mm. I had to realize, that, oh, I'm the one selecting for these boring dates. <laughs> you, know? yeah, you don't know that, do you? Like you're, you know, you're yeah. not selecting boring people on purpose. No, I guess, that you you know, also you um, select for a certain kind of safety to some yeah. degree. You're like, just want to like rule out any weird shit. So you, and but then you end up with really nothing boring. weird at all, which yeah. is not great. <laughs> you know? Like a little bit of weird. Yeah. 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 It's so hard though, isn't it? I think what, what you get in person and what you get, in a picture, it, it couldn't be more different. One, one of the most um, common stories that I hear on Story Party is the person didn't look like their picture. Last night at the show, a woman told a story about there was a guy on an app 
She goes to meet him. He's doesn't look anything like his pictures. He's like 20 years older. He's he's much bigger. He's shorter. Everything is not the same. And then he says to her that his pet hate is on the apps is that people don't look like their pictures. (laughs) And then she discovered that it wasn't his picture. It was his son's. No. Yeah. So he put a picture of his son up on the app and he was like, I don't. Men do this a lot in dating. They, they don't think of like the consequences. It's like, I'll just get her on the date. If I just get them in the room. No. I'll get them there. No. And no plan for what's going to happen afterwards, you know? No, because that also starts off your, if it's meant to be a relationship, on a level of deceit. Because you're effectively yeah. lying about who yeah. you are. So then even if... I, I sort of understand that theory of like, look, just get on the date because I might be able to like, you know, she might fall in love with my personality. But then when you walk in the room and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, like <laughs> you have that mindset immediately of like, he's let me down. And then you're like, I'll have a drink, you know, and it, it, it's almost like starting the date on, on the back foot. Yeah, that's true. And no matter how great they are, you're still like, but you lied. You basically lied about, you know, especially with like uploading a picture of your son. son. Like a different person. He's like, it's not, int- not such a different person. You know, we've got the same genes. I created him, but... Mm. We've got the same genes, you know. So when you were in your 20s, how do you think you saw dating differently? I think in my 20s I was... I need to formulate my thoughts about this because... (laughs) No, you know what it is? I always thought I was very independent. But I... It took me about 20 years to realize that I hadn't been. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't independent. Even if I... When I was pursuing a career and I was working and I was doing all the stuff and I thought I was so free... I think ultimately I had this thing in the back of my mind that said, you have to find a partner. You have to find a a husband. You have to get married. You have to have kids. I talk about this a lot in the show where I think uh, people from my generation got a lot of mixed messages from society. On the one hand, you were being told you could be independent. We weren't like my mother, you know, Mm -hmm. like you were being told you could be independent. You can do what you like. You can, you know, you don't necessarily need to get married. And on the other hand, at home, if you came from you know, a traditional conservative background or even not, even just people who were from a different generation, it was a different story, Mm -hmm. right? So I think I was brought up with this notion that I absolutely had to get married and have kids. And in my 20s and I would say up until my mid-30s, that is how I dated, but without even realizing mm. that that was yeah. what was running me. So you were kind of like meeting them thinking, is he the husband? Absolutely. The husband? Yeah. If but, it's not, but not admitting no. it to myself. Yeah. So the whole time I was like, Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just having a good time. But really, I was always selecting for that. How can I make this person? And actually, it made dating terrible in my, in my 20s. When I look back, I go, I wish that I could have just appreciated each guy for who he was. Because then what's happening is if you're dating with this intense agenda, then you're trying to like make every guy this thing. Yeah. That you want them to be. Yeah. And what you want in a husband is like a very specific criteria, right? You want them to be reliable. You want them to be successful. You want them to look after you. You want them to be um, whatever, whatever the whatever the things are. But, you know, these poor 25-year-old guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, you They're know, like still get their shit just, together. Yeah. yeah. And also, it doesn't allow another person to be who they are. I think it puts a lot of pressure on the men. So it's something we don't talk about at all, which mm-hmm. is that we are entirely unaccepting of men, you know? Barring the psychopaths, you know, those mm-hmm. guys aside, I think most men are not in relationships constantly trying to change women. I never had, my boyfriends were never like trying to turn me into a different person, mm. but I was trying to turn them into a different person. Yeah. 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 So I think in my 20s, I was, I was always trying to find a person who was right for that thing. For what? I could have just had a good time, you know, and yeah. then maybe met 
figured out who people really were. I've thought that since I've been older. Like when I look back at my earlier relationships, I think, God, you tried to like mold them. Mm. Un- like not realizing it, yeah, yeah, unconsciously, but thinking, okay, so if if we're going to be like married and have kids, and this is what our life is supposed to look like, mm. yes. So like aiming for that like yes. thing, a hundred percent. Just and then when yeah. you're older, you're like, why? Like, why? also, you didn't need to do that at that and point. And also, how the fuck do you know what you want at twenty? You don't exactly. Like, how do you even know? You know what? Is, that's the the funniest part is we're molding someone in something that we're probably not going to want in ten years anyway. So exactly. You know, I wish I had known it sooner to just truly, it's so funny because I, this sounds airy-fairy, but I, I'm, I, I think if you can truly be in the moment with a person, instead of getting to work on them immediately, mm. you also get to find out who they are and, with, and you'll find out much sooner if they're right for you or not. Yeah. Mm. You can avoid a lot of pain that you, you know what we do in relationships, at least I did this in my late 20s and early 30s. You're in a relationship and... um sort of ignoring a lot of things that you don't like because you are, you've got this goal. Yeah. And the goal was get married, you know? And so you ignore things or you like, mm, you know, I can work on that. I can fix that. You know, I can do this for both of us. That's fine. And then the relationship rolls along and before you know it, you've wasted years of your life. Mm-hmm. Not because that person wasn't wasting your time. You were wasting your time, you know? So I think that's the way I sort of st- started to shift. And then in my mid-30s, like my early, early to mid-30s, I went through a breakup. And started doing comedy and my head was so in the comedy because comedy is a thing that really occupies your entire brain and there was no space in my mind for thinking about my breakup or any of that stuff it was being processed through like jokes and stuff like that and how can I use it Mm, yeah yeah. and I was just so I was so um, anxious all the time just to be good at comedy and to be better because you when you're on stage and you're bad it quickly becomes an emergency Mm -hmm. and you have to Mm -hmm. find your way out of that emergency and so you're thinking about it all the time and your brain is very occupied by all these thoughts and I arrived at a place where I was like oh I wish I was this preoccupied with myself in my 20s and early 30s yeah if I had been this if I had been focused on this which is to say on me and my purpose I probably could have had a lot more genuine relationships with guys. And maybe by now I would be in the right headspace and life stage to look around and be like, oh, okay, maybe now's the time to look Mm -hmm. for the person. But do you not think that that just happens naturally through through growing up, right? Because like, if we'd all known this, I would have made some very different decisions. But I didn't know to make those different decisions because I was just young. Or just yeah. being my age, just yes. fucking it all up and, you know, and then learning or not learning from it. So it sounds like the journey you've been on, each step has, has actually led you to this this lovely next sure. one and then the next one. And even the breakup, like, that took you to comedy. How great is that? Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. I, you know, I've come to terms with it. There mm. was a stage where I was like, ah, oh, I should have done it like this. Wasted time. Yeah, yeah. I should have done it like that. I wish, ah, oh, you know. And I've now come to a stage where I've surrendered to it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But I go, if I had a way of looking at it differently, it would have been in my 20s to acknowledge the fact that I'm trying to get something out of these relationships Mm -hmm. and to address it in some way, you know, and just to be more focused on building myself as a person. Yeah. You know. Rather than looking for the one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. it's so difficult though I think I still date like that though in that like I think I said this to you before kind of 
wondering if he's the one. Yeah. But I wasn't doing that in my 20s. Yeah, right. Well, that's great. <laughs> I don't know great. why I did in my 20s. <laughs> but now I'm sort of like, I wish I wasn't thinking that way because then you end up being so goddamn picky. Yes. Because it's like, well, that wasn't right last time. So let me make sure it's right this time. And it's almost like it becomes, the, the pot becomes smaller because your standards become higher, which is... And so much pressure. Good, but pressure. Mm. Then there's pressure. And I kind of wish I could think back to my 20s and think, oh, just fucking date anyway just date and get it wrong again like yeah. it doesn't matter it does not matter like it will figure itself out at some point but it's like there's but I think that's the way I still think that's the way to do it which is one? to be <laughs> is to be which one tell me you know me. this is why I say this thing sounds airy fairy but it's not it's to when you are dating truly truly be present and mm. and and be in the moment and for me that doesn't mean be impulsive it means Pay attention to what is going on with this particular person yeah. and, and how you feel in that moment. Oh, I like this guy. I want to do this with this guy. I want to sleep with this guy now. Cool. No, not dating with an agenda. Yeah. Because oh, I used to do that all the time. I used to date with so many rules and agendas, you know. Oh, I won't do this at this stage because then that'll mean that this other thing, you know, like yeah, it's all like that. all yeah. these like games and like rules. And, and if you can actually be present and go this feels good now and I'm going to serve what's happening now in a way that's that's honest mm, you know mm. and and the thing will will develop in the way that it's supposed to either way you know yeah. what I mean yeah like if you sleep with them too soon if it's right you'll stay together and if it's too soon and yeah. it's not right you won't like but well because exactly I've mm. now just heard so many stories mm. and what I've learned from listening to thousands of stories is that there are thousands of ways for it to happen you know what I mean? There are thousands of ways to meet somebody, thousands of ways for a relationship to to take root, mm-hmm. thousands of ways for it all to happen. So you think you're in control of a thing when in fact yeah. you're not. You might as well just be there, be present, be in the moment and see what happens and, you know, be guided by that. I wish I had dated more like that. Did you feel any pressure at that? Because I remember when I was... 29 actually I think it hit me at 28 mm. I was thinking fuck I'm two years from 30 and then had a meltdown like that was know, the age. six months yeah six months before my 30th birthday and then within a week I was like oh is this it <laughs> oh okay and I was absolutely fine again and I hear about this thing approaching the 40s especially being a single woman yes I'm 37 now and did you feel any of that pressure did you feel any like oh my god I should or I felt a ton of pressure in my late 20s much more so than I do now really much more than I did when I was like even my late 30s yeah yeah I felt so much pressure I I had a boyfriend at the time when we got together it was great and and like about two or three years in we we were talking about marriage and all that stuff all the time I it wasn't even just me we were both talking about it and at some point I started to like read about fertility and yeah, I started to yeah. and I had a lot of people putting pressure on me like family and friends and people like when 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 are you going to get engaged you know like all this like intense pressure people would come up to him and ask him when are you going to propose like proper pressure you know at like family events at weddings yeah. and all these things so much it's insane when I look back at it now I just think it's mad I ultimatum to him because I was like look this is what I want I want to get married I want to have kids it's time and he was like um but the thing is, I need more time. And I was like, you can have literally anything else except the time. Yeah. The time is the only the thing I don't have you for you. Yeah. you yeah. Time is kind of the only factor here that's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, and ultimately we broke up. And I, I mean, God, thank God we did because, I mean, this is, I mean, the life I'm living now is the one I'm supposed to be living. 
Um, but, but at the time I was devastated. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that I, I obviously, I, you know, I thought that that was my path and this is what yeah. I'm supposed to do and all this stuff. But once that relationship was over in the, in the years after that, I felt so much relief that I, that I didn't follow through with that. And mm. also, and, 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 and it was kind of lucky. It's lucky that he turned me down because I wasn't supposed to be in that thing. And then I think like somehow the pressure eased off. And I think it's because I'm much older. People don't have that expectation of me. I don't have people putting pressure on me to have kids and get married. People just start to kind of leave you alone after 35. Yeah, Yeah, they leave you alone and you can just kind of live your life. They'll figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they move on to like younger cousins and put them (laughs) under pressure, you know, like. So for better or worse, they leave you alone because they've lost hope in you or because they realize you're on a different kind of path. Mm -hmm. But... Certainly, I felt much more pressure in my late 20s than I did in my late 30s. I wish we all had a bit of understanding around, like, when someone gets in a relationship, why is the first thing we ask, are you going to get engaged? And why is the second thing we ask, are you going to have kids? Why do we always ask single women, do you want children if they're above, say, 35? Mm -hmm. Like, it's such, it can be such a trigger for some people. Like, for me, I mean, maybe I'm over it now, but for me, it's not. But I see friends going through it and I think, oh, don't ask that question mm. because maybe they've been trying for a baby for totally. forever. And you've just hit something that's really, it's it's a vulnerable qu- question. Like, why do we always do that? I, and I'm guilty of it as well because I'm like, oh my God, you've you, you yeah. I think it's just a social thing though, isn't it? It's like yeah. this social norm that we've been like led into. It's almost just like a conversation. Yeah. Like a conversation starter. Like even like, when I had a kid, it was like, oh, and you have another one. I was like, yeah. just, just fucking have one. <laughs> Chill out. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, that's I think what I realised, right? The questions don't, don't stop. Yeah, People they ask don't you stop. why you're single. They want to know why you're single. If you're in a relationship, they want to get, get when you're getting married. You get married, they want to know when you have a baby, your first baby, you, you know, when you're having another baby. Eventually yeah. you die. Oh, do you are like, why more than you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are you going to do that? I want to change that. <laughs> I want to change the questioning. When are you going to break up? Yeah, great. Are you considering a divorce? Yeah. But that's what I said at my friend's site. It was my my friend's like last was that no my sister was the last one to get married and all her friends were like dancing around and they were like oh this is so sad this is the last one and I was like no it's not some of you will get divorced and you'll do it all over again <laughs> and they were all like Frank and Silence I was like through. well it's not wrong and they're like I'm right oh my god true. That's, that's why I say in your 30s you've got like you've only got two types of friends you've got single friends and you've got married friends but mm-hmm. you've also got well you've also got divorced friends yeah. but those are just very angry single people <laughs> Well, that's what I feel like I'm going to be left with all the angry divorcees. <laughs> I think we should have a little break. Okay. Okay. Yeah, gather like ourselves it. before we hear all the stories. Yes. Do you know, I didn't think about this much before, but there is a big difference between dating from 20s, 30s. Obviously, I'm not in my 40s yet, but I do see the differences. And it, I guess it just comes down to maturity, right? And then obviously the yeah. way we date now, which is apps. Yeah, I think the way everyone dates now is completely different. And I think, yeah, you learn as yeah. you get older and your priorities change. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to hear these stories. Same here. <laughs> Have you got some dating stories for us? Is that what you're going to... I do. I'm quite excited about this. Okay, look, I've got a lot. Because, like, we've had a lot, but I feel like you've had time to sieve through yours and give us some right good ones. Well, I've got a few. Um, These are from all over the world. In the break of the show, so true dating stories, I do a set, then there's a break. In that break, the audience writes their stories on cards like this. Mm -hmm. And then I grab them during the break and I vet them. Um, I used to just come out and read them 
without vetting them. But then I'd be like halfway through a story and I'd be like, oh, this is a crime. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped doing that and uh, <laughs> I started to vet them very loosely. So, But I do just read them straight up in front of the audience with no context because I don't have context when I get them. Went home with a guy after the second date. Had sex. Good sex. Twice. After the second time, he immediately rolled over, put a sleep mask on and a pillow between us, <laughs> shielding his body from mine. I ended it the next day. He asked why. When I told him, he assured me not to take it personally. He's not over his ex and sex makes him sad. Awesome. Oh, my God. That's quite sad. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> sex makes him sad. They did it twice, though. Yeah. I did it twice and then just put back. He, he was willing to be sad. Yeah, he was just yeah. willing to be sad I just twice. Just ejaculate one more time. Yeah. I'm really oh. sad about it. <laughs> I can shed a tear. I cry for my dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and sometimes it's also funny the way people word things. So okay. this one, um, I don't date online. I sourced my past boyfriends at work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I reckon she's a PA or something. Like she's got to be like someone sourced. like or a lawyer. Sourced them. Tried to run away from a guy after a date that I didn't want to repeat, aka old school ghosting technique, but didn't realize he was a sprint runner. <laughs> he cut me off and asked me why I was running away from him. Gulp, I said I was delivering a letter. What? Gotta think quicker. I've done that before. I've run away and the guy's caught me. Like You ran? Then, you literally ran? Ran, ran? ran from what though? I was just on a date and just didn't want to be there anymore. I was just too drunk, so I left and I ran off. And then he, well, he was basically walking and I thought I was running. <laughs> and he was like... Please, you're right. And I was like, yeah, I just feel really sick. He's like, I, I can put you in a cab. Like, I was like, no, I just was so like, just, I don't know what I was trying to do. And then I started crying. <laughs> I just was just drunk and like embarrassed, more, probably just embarrassed more than anything. And then he texted me when I got home and said, did you get home all right? He's like, there was no need to run away. I was like, yeah, I don't know why I have to be so dramatic. Just, just walk, just walk. You know, be cool. Just be be cool. cool. Just yeah. leave. You know. Yeah. Thank you for a good night. I'm going to go home. I run and cry. I like this guy. We went on some dates. I really had a good feeling about this one, so we had sex. Just as he was orgasming, he shouted, "Life!" <laughs> <laughs> like he was proclaiming the creation of a baby. Never saw him again. Oh life. my god! Yeah, yeah life. <laughs> Very ambitious. It's yeah. very, I mean, he thinks a lot of his fans. Like he's really good at his job. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like he'd be really like, just like Could you get his number for CC? Is that all right? <laughs> oh my God. Maybe if, <laughs> if you're out there, life guy. Life. <laughs> Dial 777. You sounds cool. <laughs> Learned a lot about you over the last couple of weeks. Went on a date with a guy and mid-date he pulls out a spreadsheet where he ranked the almost 40 women he'd slept with by multiple criteria. Oh God! Oh my God! Do you know Imagine I've that. had few men volunteering their numbers, like how many people they slept with, and I'm like, when they do that, is it a lot of numbers or yeah? But what I'm is like, a lot though? What would well, you like? Okay, good question. But I'm also like, it's so irrelevant. I haven't asked this. I don't know you yet. Like, I don't need to know this. I just don't need to know. Like, why would you volunteer that? I mean, maybe it's because they're like trying to impress, but. There's so many. I think other a high ways or a low number isn't impressive. Do you know what I mean? It's just, just not I think that when men do stuff like that, again, they're not thinking of the consequences at all. They just want to share the fact. Like they're they're not thinking it all the way through. But it's it, well, another That's one of the great thing, things of dating right? as a man is not thinking things all the way through. 
Like uh, the way I see men dating is like they just incorporate it more easily into their lives. They don't make it as like a separate thing. Mm-hmm. We get so many stories of like women going on dates and a guy will show up in all his cycling gear on a bike because he's training for a race. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we Efficient. need to do more of this. Like just on your way somewhere to go have the date. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So dude's just like. You know that? Yeah, I get it. Because I get, think when I go on a date, you know, I, you know, I will go home first, wash my hair yes, or whatever. Prepare. Put, rip, yeah. Have a shower and I've gone to, I've made an effort because I never want to be sort of caught off guard or I always want to give my, not my absolute best version, but a good version of me. Yeah. So if someone just walked up in his cycling gear, <laughs> I mean, unless he's funny as fuck, like I couldn't, I just think, mate, What if come he's on. really fast on the bike? That would Super put me fun. off as well. Super impressive. Yeah. I once put five boiled eggs up a man's ass, four came out. Ooh. <laughs> Do you understand? These are the stories that I read. But I've got, got questions around that as well. So the story was from Ireland. Oh outrageous. no, with the shell on. I guess with the shell on. I was thinking with the shell off, that'd be hard work. Well, trying to get boiled it in. eggs. Yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> I wish I'd have, it just says boiled eggs, but I don't think they had the shell on. Okay, no? let's go without shell. So how the fuck? So they're slippery. Then yeah. you slip off a sh- an egg that's I think wobbly. You have to have easily. a very agile butthole. Yeah, and a very hard boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know when you cook it for two. Yeah, long. you can't do. You can't do like a soft boiled egg. No, that's not gonna work no. out well. What process is like? It would have to be like quite fast, I imagine. Yeah, get in. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It wouldn't be also, like. it's a job slow. to keep them in. Have you ever tried to do a? What are those things where you've got to put them in your bum? An enema. And yeah, or a yeah. They, those suckers don't want to stay in. I am confused, Frankie. Things are supposed I to come out of clinic. Like, is that what you mean? No, no it's, it's like an egg. I never had to. A suppository. A suppository, yeah. Something's got to go in, something's really got to come before. out, and, and, and I Those say... fuckers are hard to keep in. So just imagine trying to put five eggs in there. I can't. <laughs> I, my mind is blown. <laughs> I thought the story was over once five boiled eggs had been put up, but the fact that four came out is yeah. the one that kills yeah, me. Yeah, four came out. Where did it go? I don't know. Just living in there now. Yeah, you, and also, why put eggy it up farts for the rest of his eggy life? Eggy farts, What's maybe. The, and then if he's the guy, it's who, like a butt plug. I get it now. Right, it's like a butt plug. Yeah. So then, yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. So it's like I get it's like a sexual thing. Except what I think did you, what else maybe just well, for like, I just thought it was all about putting it in, and now I'm understanding that it all came out. Like the, I guess the the sensation is the coming out. I'm going too far with this. <laughs> but I'm going to go there anyway. Please yeah, help us. <laughs> Save me. I'm going to go red in a minute, but I guess it's pushing out the like for the the sensation of pushing it out must be mm. like the joy. Except I think maybe oh, now that you mentioned that, I think the reason for for the egg is that you know if it doesn't come out, no harm done. Why though? Because eggs aren't supposed to live in there. I know, no, but, but I like guess, you know, probably yeah. When you go to well, toilet, yeah. you uh, no, because it would go back. It would come out eventually. <laughs> Sorry. When you take a normal poo, it will, yeah. We're all doing our best. We're all just doing our best. We're all trying to justify this fucking story. Why don't we just let it go? Just like, who's got that amount of room in there? Yeah, he must do some big shit. Yeah. Small eggs, like quail eggs. Like a quail egg. Maybe it's a quail egg, yeah. That's that's an expensive fetish. That's a bit of information they missed out. It's true. Good talk, guys. (laughs) Come here for the highbrow chat. A guy I had been dating for three months told me to meet him at London Bridge with my passport. He took me on a surprise trip to France. At the airport, he told me his parents were going to be there. His mum grilled me about my intentions. He dumped me three days after we got back because he said it was too intense. (laughs) 
These people. Uh, I don't know whether you've made. So you see, do you feel better or worse about dating? No, I find these things really funny. <laughs> like I do. I mean, they're obviously not funny to the people involved in them, but they are. The good like, stories. They are, and there are a lot of fucking weirdos out there. But mm. there's also some really nice people, and I'm just still waiting for those nice people to come along. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't put me off. I mm. just think it's all stories, isn't it? Yeah. You should Thank just you do what so I do. Much. Don't don't date. Just um, be happy. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Moral of the podcast. Don't, don't date. date. Just be, be happy. Be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very, very Thank much. Thank you. This is delightful. Thanks for listening, guys. I know you've got your phone in your hand right now. So just feel free to go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and hit that subscribe button and leave us five stars. From Podimo and 2020, this has been First Dates Podcast, hosted by me, Frankie Bridge. And me, Cece Coleman. The producers are Blondin Hogue and Fionn Lewis. The video producer is Rob Walsh. The executive producers for Podimo are Jake Chudnow and Matt White. The executive producer for 2020 is Martin Tricky. Special thanks to Bruna Pias, Kendra Steeb and Fatima Patea. For ad-free episodes, subscribe to Podimo UK on Apple Podcasts.